So it's spring break for Georgia Southern this week. Um, that means that you're probably already experiencing less traffic around town. Have you noticed? The beginning about on Thursday, there was less traffic about town. You probably noticed on Fair Road that the line from Zaxby's was no longer out in the streets. People have been waiting for spring break to get here. Um, I know many students were ready for this moment when they could just take a deep breath and relax for a week before they come back and get on to the second half of the semester. In just a few weeks, Bullock County Schools are going to celebrate spring break as well. And my wife and I can't wait for Addie to have a week where we can just relax a little bit and and break the cycle of rushing from here to there uh, to everywhere else as we have to week after week. And that gets me excited. But what really gets me excited about spring break is the fact that it it's an early indication that summer is coming. Did you feel that this morning in the warmth in the air, this early indication that summer is indeed on its way and we will get a chance to slow down and to relax, to take a deep breath or a couple of deep breaths before we jump back in to the fall. Our children are can't wait for summer to get here. I can't wait for summer to get here. It's an exciting time. Because the truth is, 2015 has already been a hectic, busy year, hasn't it? I mean, we're just in March and it feels like we've been at 2015 for a while now. And we're sort of all looking for a break. I think that's where we find our disciples in this morning's text. They're looking forward to a break as they travel from one side of the lake to another, which is especially needed since Jesus has been teaching and healing and entertaining people on the countrysides and in the synagogues to even the lakeside, where so many had gathered that Jesus was forced to get into a boat in order to preach and to teach. I mean, all the disciples really want about this time in Mark's gospel is a little break from it all, a nice relaxing ride to their next destination. And I'm sure that's what they thought they were getting as Jesus leaves them on the deck of the ship and goes back into the stern to take a nap. To take a nap. But that isn't what they get, is it? Little did they know they were boarding the SS Minnow. Thank you for laughing. I said this in the 845 service, but if you say the SS Minnow in the borough, not many people laugh. They don't get the reference. Gilligan's Island. I mean, I watched reruns, but at least I watched it, you know? A three-hour tour, that's all this was supposed to be for the disciples and for Jesus. An opportunity to get a little rest, a little break, to see some sights, maybe some stars on a lake. Have you ever been out on a lake, a big lake, and seen the stars at night, or out in the river and seen the stars at night? Isn't it beautiful? Isn't it relaxing? The disciples surely were looking forward to a little bit of relaxation. But before too long, the white... Wispy clouds become replaced. They get replaced by these dark and ominous looking thunderheads and the winds and seas begin to pick up and waves start to crash onto the deck of the boat as rain pounds the disciples' skin. Our disciples who are looking for a little break, a little rest and a little relaxation find themselves 
in over their heads as their boat is getting swamped. So in the midst of the desperation and in the midst of the fear, when it looks like the end is coming and the ship is going to break up the disciples, they do something that's drastic. They decide to do something, take some extreme measures. They go below, they go to the back of the boat, and they get Jesus. You know, one of the things I love about the Bible is how relentlessly honest it is, how truthful Scripture is about how it feels to live. For one thing, it tells the truth about how sometimes, sometimes when you and I are scared, we actually do manage to call on Jesus for help. We do manage to call on Jesus for help. It's not always the case, but sometimes... We do manage to lay our cares and our concerns on Jesus. But what happens whenever you go to the back of the boat and you see that Jesus is asleep? And you kind of have to shake him to wake him up. Can you imagine that moment? Maybe it was Peter, James, and Andrew who decide, all right, it's time to go get Jesus. We've done enough. We're seasoned fishermen, but this is way beyond our ability to sail and to get through. So they decide to go to the back of the boat, and they go to get Jesus. And I'm not sure Mark records it here, but it sounds like the disciples must have tried a couple of times to wake Jesus up in the back of the boat before they say, hey, don't you even care that we're dying, that we're perishing? Don't you even care, Jesus? Look at the wind, look at the waves, wake up. Jesus doesn't always respond the way we expect him to, does he? Sometimes in the middle of our fear, in the middle of the storms of our life, we can feel like the disciples did. We can say, Jesus, how in the world can you sleep through this? God, how can you sleep when you see that I am suffering and I am broken? Hey, we're dying here, Jesus. Don't you even care? You might think that having Jesus in your boat would guarantee some smoother sailing out on the seas of life. But no, with Christ in your boat, you meet the very same frightening wind and waves as everybody else. You deal with the same trials and tribulations in life. You struggle through the same issues and the same brokenness as everybody else. At the very least, with Jesus in the boat, you'd think that when the hard weather comes, you could count on feeling Him work on your behalf. You know, the story would be much better if when the disciples get to the back of the boat, Jesus is not asleep, but He's kneeling in prayer. You know, wouldn't that wouldn't that suit us a little better? But Jesus is asleep. The story would be better if Jesus was working the oars or bailing the water, but apparently, apparently that's not always how it works. During parts of some storms, it may seem as though Jesus is sound asleep. And that leaves us asking, Lord, don't you even care? Don't you even care? And it really is all right to ask that question. All throughout the Bible, men and women of amazing faith have cried 
out with that very same question from the deepest, darkest points in their lives. Where are you, God? Lord, why don't you answer? Where is the help? God, I'm dying here. Even Jesus on the cross will cry out in a loud voice, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Sometimes, in our most desperate moments, sometimes in the darkest places and points in our life, it can feel as if God is asleep. But take note of what happens in the story. Mark tells us that Jesus gets up. He wakes up and he reprimands the wind and he says to the waves, peace, be still, and the winds die down and peace does come. His friends cry out to him. His disciples cry out to them and he hears them and he moves and he speaks to the storm and he says, peace, be still. One pastor says this, he says, it makes you wonder. It makes you wonder. Was it only the waves and the wind? that Jesus was commanding? Or was it maybe also the anxious hearts, the anxious hearts of the disciples that He had in mind when He said, Peace, be still. Three words that have the power to calm the seas and still the hearts of the disciples. Peace, be still. Those are three words that I think I know are powerful enough to even calm my restlessness and to calm my fears. Y'all know this, but I have two daughters. I have Addie, who's about to turn six, and Lily Grace, who's about to turn two in the next two weeks. They'll be two and six. And thinking back over the course of their short lives, I can remember that there was this pattern early on that they would wake up in the middle of the night. Parents, have you experienced this where your children wake up in the middle of the night and they're crying? Sometimes children wake up in the middle of the night to cry because they're hungry and they need a bottle. Sometimes children wake up in the middle of the night to cry because they need a diaper. They need a diaper change. Sometimes children wake up in the middle of the night to cry because it's time to cry. And there's no reason. It's just time to cry. Sounds like some of you have been there. And what's your instinct whenever you hear... A baby cry, especially your child. When you see your child crying, what's your first instinct? Well, somebody said it. Pick them up, right? You pick them up. I think about Lily Grace, who's two, and and she can run, and that's amazing, and she can even jump. She jumps like this. Um, It's very exciting. Uh, I think about Lily Grace, and Addie even did this. When she was, when she was very little, when they were both about age two, and something bad happened, they would get up, dust themselves off, and then come running to me or to Stephanie. And when they run to you, and they're at your feet, you don't stand there and go, oh, I hope you feel better, child. Do you? As they grab hold of your legs. You don't do that. When your child is in distress and they run to you, what do you do? You scoop that child up. And when Addie and Lily Grace really are in distress, do you know what they do? They throw their arms around my shoulders. And they throw their legs around my waist. And they squeeze. And if they're really, really upset, they bury their face. 
into my shoulder. And whenever they do that, I say, Addie, Lily, it's going to be okay. I'm here. I've got you. It's going to be okay, Addie. I'm here. I've got you. I think God responds to our cries in the very same ways. When we come running to Him in the midst of our distress, in the midst of what seems like utter catastrophe, when we run to Him, when it feels like the boats that we're riding in are about to come to pieces or we're about to be swamped and capsized, when we run to Him and we throw our arms around Him, He says to us, to our anxious spirits, He says, peace, peace, be still. It's going to be all right. I've got you. Some of us need to hear that this morning. Some of us need to hear that Jesus is speaking peace into the winds and the waves of our lives, speaking peace into our hearts, speaking peace into our anxiety, into our restlessness, into our busyness. These waves that often threaten to drown out the joy and the peace of our lives. Some of us need to hear Jesus tell us that it's going to be okay, that He really does have the whole world in His hands, even our troubles, even our problems, even our busyness and restlessness. Some of us need to be reminded that the one who calms the seas is the one who calms the storm inside of us. That He's the very same one who stood beside God at creation and called Beauty and order out of the chaos of the deep waters. This morning's text reminds us that Jesus is not just the Lord of the lake, but He's the Lord of all. The Lord of our lives. And when He speaks peace to us and to creation, peace, Abide. So are you anxious this morning? Peace. Be still. Your Father has you. Are you nervous this morning? Peace. Be still. Your Father is here. Are you afraid like those disciples were in the midst of the storm? God says to you, peace be still. I am right here beside you. Jesus calms the storms and He calms the disciples' hearts. And then he asked them a very pointed question. Did you notice this in our scripture text? That Jesus asks a very hard question to the disciples after he speaks peace into their predicament. He asks them, why are you afraid? And you can imagine the disciples' answers, can't you? Well, Jesus, the wind. Well, Jesus, the waves. I mean, the boat was coming apart. Jesus, with the crashing and the thunder and the lightning and all of that. Why are you afraid? Jesus asks. Doesn't sound like a fair question, does it? Why are you afraid? And then Jesus, he gets even more pointed when he asks, Do you still have no faith? Do you still have no faith? I don't know if you know this, but if you get to the very heart of what it means to have faith, faith in its most basic form 
Simply trust. Trust in what God has done on our behalf through His Son, Jesus Christ. Faith is trusting that God is alive and is real in our world. Faith is trusting that God holds our future, our past, and even our present in the palm of His hands. That He hasn't put us here to be punished, but so that we can live into His vision for us and His vision for the world. Faith is trusting that we have not been abandoned to the storms of life, but that God Himself is with us. In the boat, even when we're overwhelmed by our life and by our circumstances. When we find ourselves afraid, all too often, it's because we either lack trust in the one who's able to do infinitely more in us and through us than we're capable of asking or understanding, or it's because we put our trust in the wrong places. We've put our trust in the boat instead of the one who commands the seas. We've put our trust in our IRAs or our 401ks or our savings accounts or in our children instead of the God who commands and controls the universe. We put our faith in the wrong places. Maybe the disciples had faith in the boat or their skills as sailors when they should have put their trust in Jesus. And maybe you feel overwhelmed this morning because you're trusting, you're putting your faith in something other than Jesus. Well, to be honest with you, most of us, we don't need another Bible study or another prayer group or Sunday school class or life group to take our next step toward God. What we need is to let go of our fear abandon our misplaced trust and put a little more faith in Jesus Christ. A little more faith in the one who's called us from death to life. A little more faith in the one who's holding our future. A little more faith in the one who even makes the elements, the wind, the waves, the storm obey His command. My prayer for you this morning as we come to God's table of grace For those of you who are in the midst of storms in your life, may you hear the voice of Christ speaking peace into your life and into your circumstances as you come to God's table. And for those of you who have placed your faith in someone or something other than God who gave His life for you, may this be a moment where you let go of your fear of your anxiety, of your misplaced trust, and put your whole trust in the God who not only created you, but redeems you and gives you life. Would you join me in prayer? Father, thank you for being present with us in the midst of our storms. Thank you for being there when it feels like the world is falling apart. Thank You for Your Spirit that strengthens us and gives us courage to face even today. God, help us day by day to trust You more and more, to give our whole selves over to You, that we might experience a fullness of life in You. This we pray in the name of Christ. Amen.